dressed as a barbarian war criminal, an undead cultist, a pyromaniac goblin, a hot topic reject, and a bard whose family is very, very cursed, all have in common. Well, that's very simple. They're all our main cast. We are Goblets and Gays, a mostly Pathfinder 2e podcast set in a homebrew world. If Pathfinder isn't your thing, we have all sorts of other awesome games for you to enjoy. Join us every Wednesday for episodes of our main campaign, Blood of Kings, as these chaotic gays attempt to locate some missing royalty. Don't forget to follow us on all social media channels at Goblets and Gays to stay up to date with our amazing projects. And remember to eat your vegetables. Hey, I'm Dre Silvertooth, and I'm a GM. You should absolutely come listen to our podcast, because I have the best heroes. They're hunting curses for the Queen of Vire, and it's it's going great. I got five hit points. I have a plan. Is it to write my eulogy? They make really good choices. Oh God, why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's all according to plan. Textbook success. She did fall 45 feet in full armor, though. Well. Fine. They are bad heroes. I have four very bad heroes on my podcast. But they are hilarious. Come check us out at badheroescast.com or find bad heroes wherever you get your podcasts. I haven't been playing my bard correctly, so now I am going to. (laughs) Hold up. You mean trying to summon an electric guitar so that you can use the auxiliary cord was not doing it correctly? Oh no, that was definitely correct. (laughs) Hey, it's Dennis, editor and GM of Control Group. Let's give it up for our ads. And let's throw in one of our own. And I know what you must be thinking. Dennis, I'm already listening to the episode. Aren't I doing enough? And truly you are. But if you wanted to go the extra step, why not follow us on Twitter at CTRL Group Pod. There we post a lot of information, character portraits, and little promos to the episode so you can get a cute little sneak peek to get you excited before you listen. You can also go ahead and jump on to the Be Gay Roll Dice Discord server. There we have our own little special place where you can come and talk to us about episodes and episode ideas and systems. Do you have a system you want us to test? Go over to our Patreon. We have a special $5 dev tier where once you pledge to that, we'll go ahead to take a look at your system, give you a nice little preview, and then somewhere down the line, we're going to go ahead and give your system a try. And if you don't have a system to test, you can also join our Patreon for as low as a dollar. There, you can go ahead and get access to special tests that we put behind a paywall, because they're probably too stupid to go on the main feed. Also, it's tried and true, but smash that like and subscribe button below. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. If you're on Spotify, give us five stars or however many you think is appropriate. Anyway, if you have the spoons to do this, go ahead. We really appreciate the support. We want to thank you nevertheless just for listening to our podcast. Enjoy the episode. Content warning for today's episode. Suicide, depression, and abuse. Previously on It Came from Lake Mary. Anything scary going on with your mom? She's like halfway out of the cafeteria door. So the the sunlight of, 
outside begins illuminating her. As you see her tilt her head and smile at you with closed eyes. Um, no, uh, everything with me and my mom's gonna get much better very soon, I promise. And as you snap out of it, and you're watching Melissa walk away to her next class, you get the ominous sense that this is the last time you'll ever see Melissa alive. As Jack, you kind of focus on what's going on. And you see, like, on a big projected screen, a picture of Melissa Babbitt, the girl you talked at lunch with not a couple days ago, and how she's not with us anymore. A suicide is what they say, but in your heart, you know she would never do that. After Melissa's death, things are a little different around Enigma Inc. There doesn't seem to be a mystery to hold your attention leading up to the next full moon. And after about two weeks, it seems that everything's weighing heavily on everyone's shoulders. To help out, Miss Haggerty suggests everyone have a sleepover, and Daryl has offered to let you guys stay the office over the weekend as they set up your office to house the rest of you. They're standing at the, the front door Friday night, both Miss Haggerty and Daryl. Um, and then if any of you need anything, you all have my number, so please feel free to reach out. And Daryl also pipes up, yeah, um, we got... Some of your funds from Enigma Inc. We ordered y'all some pizza from Pizza Cletus. So there's food downstairs in the break room if y'all need it. And then Daryl also comes over to Jack and Nate. And he puts an arm around both of you and leans down to whisper. Also, we had like a company party a couple days ago. So there are like a few drinks in the fridge. So like... Don't tell Jane or anything, but, like, if you guys need a drink or something, I did not count how many are in there. Aw, sick. Slides the two of you the keys. Just make sure you guys are here all weekend. No one's coming in for the weekend. I'll let everyone have the weekend off here at Simmons Real Estate. But um, if you guys ever leave, just make sure to, to lock up the place. Hey, Daryl, are you and, are you and Ms. Haggerty, like, living together? Yeah, we... We told you we were pregnant, like, a few months ago. Yeah, I know that, but I just, this is cool. I, I, I just got back there, okay? <laughs> yeah, were you on vacation or something? Where'd that Randy kid go? Um, we'll, we'll talk about this another time, Daryl. Hey, tell Pippin we said fuck it, we bald. It's from all of us. You know I will, you know I will. As he <laughs> daps you up and <laughs> heads out with Miss Haggerty. He puts his arm around Miss Haggerty and tries to leave. Miss Haggerty, like, spins around and goes, Trust, if any, if you need anything at all. And Daryl just kind of drags her out slowly. Just call. I think they're going to be good parents. Me too. <laughs> Pippin has sweet. amazing parents. 
left to your own devices. It's a sleepover, y'all, in pajamas, or you in regular clothes. Uh, I think uh, Nate slash Randy uh, is really leaned into his muscles, uh, so he's uh, he's wearing like like a just like a tank top, like a really tight tank top, and and some pajama bottoms, um, pajama bottoms of uh, of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> TM, gotta go fast. Um, I think Jack has, uh, like, didn't change his shirt <laughs> and just put on, um, uh, uh, basketball shorts. Vicky just has a simple pair of black yoga pants and just a oversized science convention t-shirt that got handed down from her mom. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm totally fucking wearing pajamas. I've got, uh, some Back to the Future pajamas with, like, the DeLorean on it. And then I've got a big old bag of t-shirt. It's a big dog t-shirt. <laughs> So like the one you wear during the day, but yeah, now but it's this pajama one is, big dog. No, this is this is pajama big dog. This is not the big dog shirt that I inherited. And is anyone else besides core the core four there for Enigmink or I feel like Vanessa would be there. Yes. Vanessa's there. Yeah. Since it technically is her house. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Does she still have like the deed? <laughs> is it still under her name <laughs> I'm sure I could find it somewhere. I guess I got like bought by a company or something though, so I guess yeah. yeah. And then also Mr. Bones is there wearing loose fitting pajamas. He's got Mr. Yeah, Bones right. pajamas? Oh my god. That's our next merch. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bones in pajamas. Uh, so you all sit around as the, the night begins. Oh, I was gonna have Vicky uh from the last episode. Uh she is cleaning out Randy's stuff and putting it into a box. Is step is it, do we have like lockers? In the, I imagine in the, in it's the just stuff lying around the office. Okay. Ooh, do we all have desks like a like a, that, a that's, police that's precinct? What I thought. That's sort of what I'm imagining. Yeah, everybody's got their own little desk. I had, I had imagined Miss Harvey had got you boards. some decommissioned like school desks, and they're yes. all in the middle of the room, put together like you would a teaching pod. Oh god! So yeah, Vicky's clearing through Randy's old cubby. Yep, and just putting everything into a big old big old box. Needle. Uh, he'll ask everybody. Hey, so uh, Daryl mentioned drinks. You guys are you guys are interested. Might might lighten the mood. I'll take one, dude. No, okay, Jack, I got one for Jack. That's okay, Vicky. Vanessa. Um, sure, I'll take one. Sick. Uh, Robocop. Yeah, what be up? Something nummy. Something yummy. I, I don't know. I honestly, Daryl didn't say what it was. It might be some like a boring adult beer. Do we have food? Check the backpack, dude. Uh, you don't want the food that was in the backpack. It's gonna be gross. Daryl said he ordered us pizza. Where's oh, that? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'll go get drinks. I'll be back. Nate, you head off to the break room and you see the multiple pizzas that Daryl did order you from Pizza Cletta. The coffee machine that we don't use. <laughs> exactly. We're it's kids. just there for show. With too much energy. <laughs> we don't even know. Yeah. Coffee's gross anyway. It's It's there. <laughs> Because you have to have one in an office. The people who work at the office for Daryl's real estate company do use it. But every oh, okay. time you guys are in there with another person who works at the, the real estate agents, you mention the coffee pot and how no one uses it as they're yeah, like yeah. around the coffee pot. I mean, who drinks coffee? They never fully anymore, understand you know? why there's a bunch of kids around the real estate office at all times. You head into the fridge and you see like an already used six packs of Smirnoff ice. Oh, sick. Okay. Something not terrible. Yeah. And there's like four of them in there. Alright, okay, cool. Thanks, Daryl. I think after last episode, having like received like the hunger from the succubus, I feel like mm-hmm. uh, 
Nate's a little bit more conscious of like his own like weird internal desires going on. So I think he wants mm-hmm. to like I wanted to see if I could gauge into this real quick. So you see if the how the night's gonna go. Yeah, of course. Roll plus dark. Or maybe like sort of like subconsciously gazing into the abyss, like I'm not even controlling it. Yeah, as you grab the Smirnoff ice, you're kind of just looking at the rest of the fridge, like anyone who's kind of hungry and kind of thirsty. Two Smirnoff ice, what do they tell you? <laughs> I got a seven. Alright, with a seven, the abyss shows you confusing and alarming visions, but you get your oh, answer nonetheless. You see <laughs> a familiar vision, Nate. As you see the turbulent waters of Lake Mary. What? And normally when you would usually sink down to the bottom during this vision, it's not you who sinks. It's Jack. As you <laughs> head underwater to try and capture him, he's gone. In stead underwater, you see body after body floating. Oh my god! And then ah! you surface and get air, you scream to the sky to see not the usual moon you would see above you, but a large red moon. And then <laughs> the fridge light flickers, and you kind of zoom back, and you're just staring at an empty refrigerator. I think uh, it's gonna sort of just crumple a little bit, and then sit on the floor. As we head back to the office... We see Vanessa coming a little bit closer to Jack, who might have subconsciously removed himself from the rest of the group as she comes closer to you. So, how are you feeling? Um, I'm, I'm okay. You know, sometimes I feel like, um, I don't know, what we do is dangerous, I guess. So maybe it's uh maybe it's no wonder that like we see a lot of death. But I guess I don't have to tell you that. Yes, um from the lies I at least remember, we can't save everyone, and a lot of people go. People we care about. But it's always important to remember those who are not with us anymore and not fret what we could have done to save them. Not all of us can be saved, Jack. Well, that sucks. Yeah, you're right. It does suck. But, um, if you need anything, I'll be here, obviously. As she, like, as (laughs) Miss Vanessa stutters back and forth, she knows she has to end the social exchange somehow, but she doesn't know to, like, go in for a hug or a handshake or to pat you on the back. So she's, like, almost doing the robot, trying to figure out what to do at this current moment. Thanks. I'll shake her hand. <laughs> <laughs> she shakes her hand uh, very enthusiastically as she heads back over to the other side of the room to to hang out with Mr. Bones. As Robocop, what are you up to? I think I'm looking for something to eat. Definitely kind of hungry. You leave the... You leave the room and head to the break room where the pizza is promised. And you find Nate kind of sitting against the refrigerator with his, his head in his hands. Dude, what's wrong? Oh, what's up, Robocop? Um, can I talk to you? Dude, you can always talk to me. What's up? 
I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. Um, by a little bit, I mean a lot. Like, I keep having these visions again. And, uh, you know, I kind of thought that they'd stop after I died, you know? Like, you know, like that, like I was done doing that. You know, like they'd just go away. You mean the visions of you in the bottom of Lake Mary? Yeah, uh, I, so I, I have had that, for sure. Traumatic. Um, but this time, I, uh, I saw Jack. It wasn't me. I, oh. And I tried to save him, but it, um, then it was just a bunch of dead bodies. And, like, ah, man, I just don't know. Okay. I don't know if, I don't know if we were cut out for this sort of thing anymore, man. Like, this is getting too serious. Uh, I think I've got to look into the abyss now. I think that's what I have to do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, roll plus dark for me. Uh, I got a nine. All right, on a seven to nine, the abyss shows you confusing and alarming visions, but you get your answer nonetheless. About to trip. <laughs> Reach out to Nate, and you touch him. And as you do, Robocop, you see your father, Hunter Sr., as you enter a room, you unlock the door with the key, and you enter this room, you see your father, and your father is standing amiss all of these bodies. Jesus. Okay, um, is it, can I see what caused them to die, or is, is he just standing in the center of them, or is it obvious that he's, he killed them? No, he's, he's there, he's confused, he's looking at all the bodies. It's a confusing vision. Robocop, <laughs> I'm not gonna give you all of the fucking... <laughs> Key components. I'm a little upset about that. You close the door, you head back, and bump into the door behind you. And when you open that door, there is no room. It's just open air. And as you look up throughout downtown Flagstaff, you can see in the far distance a blood-red moon. Oh, shit. Okay. I guess I cut out of it and I go... That's not good. Yeah, and then there, and then there was this this weird moon in my dream. Are you paying attention, dude? I I I know what you're talking about, dude. Really? It's I don't know what it is, but it's obvious that it's not good. That's a blood moon. Oh yeah, of course uh, and then it I is. I want to look it up. I want to look it up in my book. I want to look it up in my diary. Th- not my diary. The my <laughs> phone. The blood moon. Hey, that's so cool. By the way, Robocop, I like that you put that on your phone. You look it up <laughs> in the Undar manual. And there doesn't seem to be anything about the Blood Moon in Darkham. There's no tale of this, just like you couldn't find anything about ghosts. Seems to be a completely human invention. As we cut away from your exchange, we see Vanessa and Mr. Bones kind of in front of the TV you guys have in the office. And they just have the general news on for the night. And the newscasters are talking about the upcoming Blood Moon. In about a month and a half, there's a specific eclipse that happens that turns the entire moon red. Are we back in the room yet, or we're, we're still watching back? It's up to you guys if you guys want to walk in during that moment. We, I think we can, we can walk in on that and just sort of like exchange like a, like a Scooby-Doo look with each other. <laughs> yeah, you walk back in at this moment to see the newscast going over that. I'm gonna, I guess I'll, I'll look at them and I'll be like, it's, it's in a month from now. So why do we keep seeing these visions about this moon if it's not even going to be here for a month? Uh, I don't know, man. Um, I, I guess I, I kind of want to say maybe we don't have to worry about it, but that's it doesn't seem to always work out. <laughs> <laughs> Worrying about it is only going to make things worse. We kind of just have to do what we 
like be ready, I guess. But what what do we even get ready for? I don't know. I I don't. I, I kind of feel awkward bringing it up to the guys right now. It seems like everybody's still kind of bummed out. This is supposed to be like a, a sleepover. It's supposed to be fun. Where's Vanessa? Um, she's sitting in front of the TV watching it with Mister Bones. Vanessa, what do you know about this? About what? About this blood moon. Both Nate and I have seen, like, really disturbing visions about this blood moon, and I think that something bad is going to happen in about a month. Dude, I said that to... Okay. <laughs> Both of you have been having visions? Well, we had visions. Yeah, like, all the time. But, like, specifically you, Hunter, have been having visions. No, I had this one vision about this blood moon. And she kind of rushes over to you, and she starts, like, moving around your body and nitpicking at you like a like a... A dog trainer looking at a dog, inspecting you all over. You've been having visions of this, and she points at the TV to the Blood Red Moon broadcast. I said, yes, that's correct. Whatever that is, it has something to do with Nate, and I don't think it's good. I mean, it's possible that makes sense for Nate and what Nate is, but but you, why are, why are you having visions is my, my main curiosity. I don't know. I don't know. What do you know? I mean, Robocop's pretty, you know, empathetic. I could understand being empathetic, but this is, this is Undar magic leaking out. I mean, it's one thing for you, Nate, but Jack and his powers? To have anything paranormal happen to Robocop is a telling sign. Okay, well, I'll be honest with you. If there's something you know about this, do you know anything about this? She turns up the TV louder for the broadcast. Oh, shit, okay. All right, let's watch it. (laughs) On. September 31st, people, will be witnessing an astrological event as the sun will eclipse with the moon, creating the effect of a blood-red moon. So make sure to head out there at about 7.35. You can use these special glasses, and there's a whole report about the special glasses you can use to see the eclipse and look at the blood-red moon. You know it would be a great spot to see the moon? The observatory. (gasps) Without thinking... Still staring at the broadcast, Miss Vanessa utters, Don't go to the observatory. What's up there? (laughs) I just want to know so bad. You watch Miss Vanessa twitch, as if she was kicked psychically, and then she kind of groans in pain for a little bit. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, okay, maybe we stop bringing that up. Okay, we don't have to go to the observatory, I was just (laughs) kidding. That, uh, hey, Vicky, do you know anything about the observatory? (laughs) Has your mom told you anything? Other than it's a place to better observe astronomical phenomena. Oh, yeah, we discovered Pluto, man. <laughs> oh, and that too. <laughs> okay, well, um, sorry, Miss Vanessa, or Vanessa, sorry. It's a, it's, it's fine, I just, I don't, ah, oh, God, I don't have everything back from my past lives, and I don't know, it didn't even feel like it was coming from me, I'm, I'm sorry for snapping at you. Vicky, write a note that says we need to go to the observatory. <laughs> Vicky will set the box of Randy's things down, walk over to her duffel bag in the corner, and pull out a well-worn notebook and write down an observatory question mark. Nate will go over to the box of Randy's stuff and see, like, a shirt. He'll pull up and be like, man, this is sick. <laughs> For some reason, I just, I'm drawn to this. Um, if you'd like to return that box to... Randy's family, you are more than welcome to. Nate, like, drops the shirt and says, oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was, I didn't know it was Randy's stuff. No, that, that, that's, 
All right. No, I, 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 should, I, I should probably bring it back. It belongs at home. Thank you, Nate. Yeah, no problem. Uh, that was uncomfortable. It was. <laughs> <laughs> What's Jack been up to? Um, I think Jack found a crossbow. He's been shooting it outside. <laughs> uh... Where's Jack? <laughs> <laughs> As you all look around to see Jack has has left the slumber party. And I, I look I look at him and I go, I think he found a crossbow and is shooting it outside. <laughs> you look out the window and see this. You think or you know, Robocop? Because <laughs> that's a weird thing to sense. <laughs> there, there, is, there is a dark figure outside with a crossbow, so I hope it's Jack. I hope it's Jack. We have a problem. <laughs> If it actually means anything, I did see Jack pick up the crossbow, hold it up, wave it around, and say, if anyone asks, I'm going outside to shoot this crossbow. See? That kind of feels like pertinent information to tell the rest of us. Don't you think, Thor? (laughs) So we're sure that it's Jack with the crossbow outside shooting it, right? (laughs) Miss Vanessa kind of pipes up very excitedly. Oh, can we play Clue? I love that game. I'll go outside. I'll play Clue with Miss Vanessa. And I'm, I'm having like an 80s like punch dancing thing. I'm like, and like being super dramatic and drinking the <laughs> smearing off ice like it's a whiskey. Yeah. And like <laughs> shooting a crossbow and like super dancing. <laughs> Vicky will join the game of Clue. She'll sit down. I'd like to play as Professor Plum if no one minds. It's all yours. As we cut outside to the to the three boys who are outside. Jack, uh, you good? Yeah, man. Yeah. Watch this. I'm gonna shoot it and try and, I don't even know, hit a, um, oh, the Smirnoff ice bottle. Yeah, I'm gonna throw it in the air. Like, even though it's, like, still half full, throw it up and then try and shoot it in the air. Uh, roll plus cool for me. Or hot for me, sorry. I got a seven. All right, with a seven... Uh, due to your inebriation from the one smeary ice that you drank. Those things are strong. <laughs> it's a little wobbly, but you're able to clip the bottle. It's not like, it doesn't shatter in the midair, but the, the boat obviously hits and kind of binks off. Yes! I want to, like, disproportionately, like, <laughs> um, celebrate that. Uh, yeah! <laughs> I'm gonna walk up to Nate and be like, dude, I know we haven't really talked about it, but like, uh, remember when like the demons made us kiss? Um, <laughs> that's not why I came out here, um, but I guess we could talk about that. I was, I was hilarious, right? Oh, was no, like, what? Why'd you come out here? <laughs> you want to talk about something else? That's cool. <laughs> that's cool. That's a good idea. I, I don't think it really meant anything. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Is this a thing? Yeah. Okay. Just what guys do. Succubus. Well, well it's a succubus. Yeah. When they're under the made influence us, of, forced us. To, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just you seem uh, everybody seems kind of bummed out. I was trying to think of like a way to something we could do that'd be fun. Yeah, that's a good idea, man. Like, uh, I guess they kind of game of Clue going on, so I guess we could hop in that. Yeah. If we wanted to. <laughs> Marcus, roll plus cold for me to shut someone down. Ten. Damn. All right. On a ten up, choose one from the list below. Nate can lose a string on you. If Nate doesn't have any strings on you, you gain one on Nate. Nate gains a condition, or you take plus one forward. Do you have strings on me? Uh, um, 
I would assume so. Yeah, everyone in the cast has a string with everyone in the cast. Okay, well then you lose it. Damn, really? <laughs> can I just gain- Over a clue? Does he have to lose it, or can I just gain one on him, then? You could choose. Oh, okay, then I want to gain one on him. Alright, so then I have two on him, because- It's been evident that Melissa's death has been weighing hardest on Jack of all, and this was an event orchestrated to, you know, get people open about their feelings- Mostly Jack, who has been extremely closed off, and even though you two have felt very close since Nate's resurrection, Nate, you do get the sense that, uh, uh Jack doesn't want to play Clue. <laughs> <laughs> he visibly winces at the, at the word Clue. <laughs> Are you talking, you're talking about that game where you pretend to solve a mystery, but there's no actual, okay, you know what, man, I do that in real life all the time. All right, I'm just... Okay, that's, uh, Okay. Okay, well, it's just a it's just a suggestion. Yeah, sorry, I thought dude. it might be fun to. I don't think you are sorry. Uh, I, look, hey, I'm sorry. Dude. I didn't mean to snap. All right, I sorry. Dude. I uh, I got, you know, man. <laughs> I shouldn't drink. I... <laughs> well, okay. Well, whatever you want to do, I guess. I don't know. Why are you being so weird? I'm not being weird, man. I don't know. It's kind of. Kind of sucked lately. I just honestly, I didn't really know Melissa. I mean, I barely knew her. I don't see why I should be like upset. So I guess I just like I thought that we could all hang out now. Everybody was gonna be okay, and as long as we had all of us, we were just we were gonna be okay. But now people are still dying, and it's kind of crazy, man. Wait, you mean what? Do you, wait, what? Do you, what? What do you say? Like that. That is our fault? That's your fault? That you died? That doesn't make sense. Do you remember in the lava tubes when um, we met like a bunch of families and then we had to do like our project and stuff and then we met um, Hannah. She was on like a Tinder date with this guy who fucking turned out to be the Sandman and I don't even, I don't even understand that entirely. Like I, I tried to go back there after everything. Like a year and a half ago, I tried to go back and see if all the s- stuff that he left was there, if I could see where he had fallen, if I could s- find out what the Sandman even was, but I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, I guess people did die at that point, and that was really fucked up. Uh, I feel like, I would like to think that that's, you know, it made us stronger, that it made it so that we could, we are better at our job that we chose for ourselves. Not to say that, you know, people had to die in order for that to happen, but I think it, I'd like to think that it was, it led to something good. Something so horrible could become something good. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad sometimes. I still think about the people, but I guess we saved our whole class. We were like all asleep or whatever and probably going to die. (laughs) But I mean, us too. So at least we made it out alive and everybody we could. Yeah. We can't worry about what we can't control. We can't. You know, could have prevented something. Like you know, can't worry about that. We gotta keep pushing forward. We gotta start keeping an enigma ink, man. No matter uh, whose body we're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, totally. <laughs> okay, well, if you want to play Clue, um, you know, we could. I don't know, I'm, dude. What? Nobody better have taken Colonel Mustard. <laughs> <laughs> you head back up and play Clue. The rest of Enigma Ink. Very seriously. 
<laughs> yeah, Miss Vanessa's into it way too hard. She loves a fucking mystery. Yeah, I was gonna say, I realized the logical fallacy of, like, I actually love mysteries, so this is, like, the perfect game for me to play. But, like, it's like, mid, mid, in the middle of the game, I think Jack realizes that. Vanessa, I understand that you can disprove my hypothesis, but you don't have to yell at me! It's fucking wrong, Vicky! Alright, alright, let's all just calm down for a second. <laughs> It's a slumber party. How late do you guys stay up? All night. To the butt crack of dawn. Vicky goes to bed at precisely 11.30. I feel like... <laughs> yeah, I feel like I slept like, over the slumber party and stuff. It's always like that. Alright, it's getting pretty late. I'm gonna go to bed. Then you like, you don't. And then you just, like, yeah. stay awake. And then if you do go to bed, then it's, like, weird that you went to bed. So you have to, like, keep, like, challenging each other to stay awake, even though you don't want to stay awake. <laughs> I want to put Robocop's hand in water. Vicky does not care. When he's still awake. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have the old school Star Wars Battlefront 2? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're playing it on the, the TV. Right. Sweet. <laughs> Throughout the night. And then roughly in the early, early morning, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, you probably switch the TV over back to the TV. And there's something playing on every news station. As you flip through every news station... You see. Welcome back. This is Gavin O'Shaughnessy with KFLG. Our top story tonight, conflict on our college campus as we hear it. Excuse me. Breaking news. This is Peter Nash. Justin, we have an emergency broadcast. Uh, I'm sorry, we have breaking news. Breaking news for Channel 4, KVAZ. This just in. We have an emergency broadcast. Terror strikes in the heart of downtown Flagstaff. The unthinkable has happened in Flagstaff, Arizona. What first responders have referred to as a paranormal phenomenon. Unspeakable tragedy. Unexplainable mystery. At Hotel, At Hotel Monte, Monte Vista, Vista. What appears to be... We have what seems to be... What can only be explained as a... What can only be described as... As a mass suicide. Forty confirmed dead. Three in critical condition. That's all the information we have at this time. Our thoughts and prayers go out to friends and family of those afflicted. It seems we have an update... It seems we have just received an update. Breaking right now, I believe. Yes, it seems we have eyewitness footage. The following footage, we've been told, is extremely unsettling. If you have any small children, you may want them to leave the room. Viewer discretion, Viewer discretion is, advised. is advised. You watch as the video cuts over to what was seemingly possibly a TikTok. A couple of college kids from NAU were filming around Hotel Monte Vista at the time, as they were creating their little funny video, you watch as there is a loud plop as something hits the ground outside of frame. The young adults look around, and in the middle of the street, they see a body. Dude, what the fuck is going on? Holy shit, someone- no, Devin, Devin, call 911, please, let's- As you watch the camera run over, they inspect the mangled body as they hear a lot of ruckus coming in from the bar that sits right below Hotel Monte Vista. 
as you see carnage, blood splatters across the window. One of them peeks in to find another person hanging themselves. They are broken away as another loud drop hits the pavement once again. As they look up at the top of Hotel Monte Vista and see people lined up, ready to jump. And for a split second, there's a flash of light before the video ends. They will sit there in a stunned silence for a minute. And then they were like, I guess we should wake the others, right? This, that can't, that's not, that, that has to be the Endar, right? That can't be, that's not real. It's, these people were under control, right? I hope. Let's go wake them up and let's go fig, fig, figure out what's, what's causing this right now. Like, this is, this isn't, we need to go now. Like, now. Okay, when they leave to wake up the others, Jack has just st- stood there frozen, hand on his mouth, staring at the TV. You wake up Vicky, and you wake up Vanessa, out of their slumber. Do you want to wake up, Mr. Bones? Yes. <laughs> ah, god, boys, you know I need my beauty sleep. What's going on? I couldn't tell if you were awake or not because you don't have eyelids. Yeah, but the fu- the physical holes that are my eye holes close when I am asleep, because I'm a fully animated skeleton. Yeah, um, this is some really, really bad happening. Um, we need to have a Alright. Right. I think we're under nice. attack. I don't know. Everyone kind of gets up and the news broadcast replays as it's breaking news. It gives everyone the information they need. How, how did this happen? I don't know. Robocop, is there anything in the in the book about this? Uh, I'm going to check, as I guess. As as that is to search. There's nothing in the book about mass suicides. Well, it seems to me like this is in line with some of the things that we've seen in the past. Like, this is... This is some kind of monster, some kind of emotional thing that causes these people to do this on such a on such a massive scale, you know, right? We need to go downtown and, like, find the source of this. Like, we need to start. You're right. We, we, we can't find anything in the book right now. Gonna grab uh, RoboCop's crossbow off the table and throw it to him and then uh, start heading out to the car. Mr. Bones, do you want to come with us? Or I was thinking that maybe... You could stay and pretend to be us if Daryl and Miss Haggerty call. All right, that uh, that works for me, boys. Uh, uh, good luck. Vicky will change out of her pajamas and into her regular clothes before oh, she leaves. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> they will notice that and go, "Oh yeah." <laughs> you guys change, and by the time you get ready to head out for the mystery, it's it's pretty regular early morning now, around six, maybe six thirty, as you. Hop into Vicky's Black Kia Soul and drive downtown. You are able to find parking near the hotel, and you head up the street towards Hotel Monte Vista, and you see that it is largely barricaded as crisis crews are hard at work. You see a large kind of trailer that's been repurposed from the old Flagstaff PD, and it's got crisis prevention written on the side as one of the former police officers that worked with Hunter Sr. kind of notices you all and goes, Oh, hey everyone, if you if you need your dad, Hunter, he's he's in the crisis. He's in the crisis van. Uh, I guess I'm going to head over to the crisis van. You head over to the crisis van and open it up, and it looks like most of the recon, most of the strategy for what goes on during a mass crisis in Flagstaff. Uh, but you do notice uh, something strange. You... See that there are, like, two chairs overlooking a a switchboard. And you see that your dad is kind of slumped over in his chair. He's got a blanket over him. Oh, yeah, and it's creepy. Eerie. That's all you can see. What? I, I'm going to shake him. I'm going to 
would be like, Dad, what's going on? You head over to shake him, and the blanket falls off. Hunter Sr. kind of awakes. But then you notice there's another being that was kind of sleeping on his shoulder. Another being sleeping on his <laughs> shoulder? Yeah. As Jack, you realize this person real fast. It's Nora Seymour. It's your mom. Oh, God. Mom? Um, as she also turns around, kind of upset. Sorry, we were... Oh, are you we guys... Were, you guys, we were just uh, rest- We've been up all night. I don't... And Nora's like, there's nothing... Could we were working on figuring out what's going on right now. Why are all of you here? There's a mystery to be solved, isn't there? We wanted to get more information, Mom. <sighs> Jack, baby, I... I know this past month's been really rough on you, but... This is a live situation. I don't... What do you want from me? Nothing. And I leave. Oh. Okay, I'm gonna... I'm gonna go up to her and be like, what did... Have you seen anything... Besides the glaringly obvious thing that happened, is there anything before or after that any... Actually, you know what? Were there any survivors or anybody that was in the area that is here that we can speak to? There's... Your dad picks up. There's three that are... Still in critical condition. They're at Flag Mercy. I'm not gonna bring you over there to speak with them. Um, I'll get I'll get you a fair. statement later if you need. If that'll help you with your investigation. But I don't. You gotta be careful, Hunter. It's 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 bad. Uh, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll be careful. You know, we're not no <laughs> not idiots. I don't think you're idiots. I just don't think you're prepared as you kind of look behind you and you see uh, coroners filing out body after body. Nate sort of winces, but he's like, no, we, uh, this is important, and he'll uh, walk away as well. <laughs> can I try and use my uh, third eye to see what I can learn from the body? Or the nearest body that passes? Yeah, of course. Roll plus dark for me. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> 14. With your third eye, I, Jack, you're able to see, besides the very obvious self-inflicted wounds, you see an aura that comes over everybody that passes by. It's this dark aura. You kind of feel it and sense it, and it gives you overwhelming sadness. Oh. It bums you out. I'm gonna, okay, I'll turn to them and be like, yeah, these people have definitely been affected by something supernatural. I think something magical, but uh, wait a second. Yes, the blood moon. They were they were saying that that whatever is causing this blood moon is man made. It has nothing to do with the Endar. Could that have something to do with this? Blood moon's out for like another month, though, right? Yeah, but what I'm saying is, what if this isn't supernatural? Like we we have the aura, and it's really it's bummed out, but it can't be. I mean, for obvious reasons. But the point is, is that is this if this isn't an Undar thing? Then somebody is doing this, like a yeah. person. I I uh, I think that we should investigate up on uh, the on top of the Monte V because that's where that bright light came from. Yeah, let's uh, let's see if we can get to the rooftop. You head around uh, past protests of both your parents that are just like, "Don't go in. We're sneaking. We're gonna sneak. It's okay." <laughs> <laughs> As you kind of sneak through the crowds, it's nice seeing you guys. <laughs> end up coming upon a scene. There's a lot of news reporters, obviously. And you can see one woman is being interviewed. She has straight, long, black, almost graying hair. She's got kind of cargo pants on. 
and a red blouse. And she's kind of in the middle of what she's saying. She says, It's been a tumultuous month in the Babbitt household, to say the least, but I believe that we at the Monte Vista will make it through this. And um, we will persevere. We'll figure out what happened here. And in no time we'll be we'll be up and running and letting people letting people use these these wonderful rooms. And uh, if there's any any foul play as she starts breaking down in tears. I after everything me and my family's been through to now be attacking my business. It's, I'm sorry, I can't do this. As she kind of breaks away from the interview and kind of bumps into all of you who are sneaking around. Uh. So, uh, sorry, sorry, um, we're just going up to our, our room. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry for your loss. Oh, well, thank you. As she looks directly at Jack, and she goes, um, Jack, right? Yeah, how did you know that? Oh, my, my baby girl talked about you a lot, actually. Oh, damn, I was, damn. Really? Yeah, um. Okay. I'm surprised I didn't see more of you around the hotel. Oh. I think I have to go. I think this is, like, a lot for, like, an adult to, like, walk up to a teenager and say. <laughs> um, we're so sorry, uh, Mrs. Babbitt. Um, I can't, I cannot imagine all this happening at once. Uh, yeah, I don't, um, I, I'm so sorry. That's all I can really say. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Um, we, uh, we, I don't know if you really know us, but, uh, we, um, we, we're sort of like local mystery hunters. We've done a lot of... We'd like to think that we've helped a lot of people. Um, we were sort of wondering if we could look around your, the space here uh, to see if we could get, make some sense of this situation. Is that okay with you? I feel bad about just sneaking around without her permission. <laughs> she kind of digs around in a in her purse, and she pulls out at this ring of a few keys, and she kind of comes up to you, Nate, and she goes, I, I saw y'all at the, the fun down. I, I love what you've been doing for the town. Um, here, as you know, I, I run Hotel Monte Vista here, so here are some master keys. This one right here, she points out a specific key with like a, a red backing on it. This one will get you into the lobby area outside my office. And if you guys find anything, if you guys need to talk to me at all, um, I'm gonna need a minute, but I'll be back in my office a little bit later today. We'll, we'll have him right back. We promise. Thank, Thank you, ma'am. Our deepest condolences. As she she heads off to do something. Okay, guys. Um, I guess go room floor by floor, or do we just want to go straight to the roof? Let's uh, let's go to the roof. If we could get info, actually, if we could get info on like what rooms they were staying in, we could try that first. But I don't know if they would let us into like offices like that. The best place to check would be possibly the lobby and see if we can find some sort of guest registry. Oh, that's a good idea, Vicky. Do that first. Yeah, you head into the lobby. You trying to look for an old school book and ledger. Just yeah. to realize it's 2021 and there's just a laptop sitting on the But it's the Monty V, though. I mean, come on. <laughs> this, place has, this place has a giant neon sign from the 50s on it. <laughs> but yeah, there's just a password protected laptop. Uh, Robocop, you're up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, I'm going to try to guess the password. 
No, 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 no technology. Just, I'm gonna guess it. All right, you got this. My TV rocks. Oops, it. oops it. Oh shit! Oops. Oops. As you oops. As you oops, Hunter. You, uh, you begin like warming up your fingers to hack into the mainframe, and then you, you look to the left, and you see that your dad has already printed out the ledger of everyone who stayed there that previous night and just kind of left it in there before he fell asleep in the crisis van and you just kind of point it out to everyone (laughs) that's a great image just like wherever it is you guys aren't going to believe this but there's a whole ledger there's a whole printed out thing here with the entire ledger on here saying who's been here good work dude (laughs) nice work man well done Hunter thank you and then you look through it. It's got all 43 people who were staying at the Monty V that night. Is there anything in, like, the notes or anything that, like, you know, links them in some way? Are they part of a group? Uh, are there, like, similar last names? Similar age range? They're all different age ranges. Nate, I want you to roll plus cold for me. Okay. Nice, hey, dude. 11. With an 11... Nate kind of takes control of the little laptop that's by you all and begins researching the names. Wait, that, but it's password protected. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the ledger itself, like the ledger program, the like oh, okay. hotel gotcha, program gotcha. that they use, the POS they use. But you just open up Google on it Sweet. and you go through all these names. It takes you a bit of time as everyone's kind of searching around. But you do find that there are two names that have a common link. There is... A Dr. Annie Seagate. Okay. And a Dr. Spencer Kyle. Those are some Resident Evil, evil ass names. <laughs> As you do a little research on them, you find that these two residents are part of an alternative therapy clinic. Oh, I don't like the Ooh, sound of that. Like that. <laughs> don't like that. Those words shouldn't be together. This specializes in kind of. Alternative therapy, obviously, different ways to heal people. Is there any specification on what methods they use? They're all estranged, and as you're looking through them a little sadistic, there is a PDF on there about something that Dr. Kyle specifically wants to try out, but he can't get the research money, he can't get the grant money. Because everyone thinks it's a little too extreme. What is it? What does Dr. Kyle want to do? What's the PDF title? <laughs> it's it's entitled A New Look into Treatment for Reactive Detachment Disorder. Robocop's going to look that up on his phone. As you begin Googling it, you hear a slap on the table <gasps> as you look up and see Hunter Sr. Damn it. God damn it. What did I tell you all? Hey, listen, what, you didn't. What, what? What did you tell us? Not to come in. Crime scene isn't even done in here, Hunter. It's not about what y'all seeing. It's about tampering with evidence. As he looks at the ledger still in your hands, we haven't tampered with anything. You gave it to us, and Mrs. Babbitt gave us the keys. She she wants us to look around. We're trying to do the right thing. What are you gonna do? Arrest us? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Roll to shut someone down, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> You old bitch! You old cop bitch! <laughs> Mr. Robocop, we're just trying to do our job. Uh, what, 
it's with hot or volatile? It's with cold. With cold, then I got a seven. With a seven. You get to choose one from the list below. They right. lose a string on you. If they have no strings on you, you gain one on them. They gain a condition, or you take one forward. Uh, so what, is, what are some examples of a condition? Could he be depressed now? <laughs> yeah. You don't know what you fucking did, Nick. No! <laughs> it makes sense if given the context of the character. You're, and since you got a 7 through 9, it comes across poorly, and they give a condition to you. Alright, <laughs> that's fair. as you watch the, like, light sink away from Hunter Sr.'s eyes... I know I shouldn't have said it the minute I, I, I see his eyes. The entirety of Enigma Inc., you feel this weight over your body. You're a little sluggish, you're a little tired, and you feel like you may never recover from this. Oh god. <laughs> oh my god. As it starts weighing down on you, there's a silent moment that gives you all a second to think. And you start thinking about things that might be hiding in the back of your mind. Things you don't think about often. Reasons you may not like yourself. Reasons oh, no. you feel people may not like you. Oh, fuck, no. A sense of nihilism, dread. Jack, can you save these people? You are worried about people dying. Forty more gone in a night. I know. Nate, you thought you were done. That drowning at the bottom of Lake Mary would have been it. But it's back. Vicky, you find yourself with a mystery that isn't so easily solved. Robocop, you start feeling weird about yourself in general. Like, man, I'm fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, he's so conscious. You've been the normal one for years. And you kind of flash back to Miss Vanessa freaking out about you having visions. And you start to wonder if there's something wrong with you. Yeah, I think Nate's also his biggest fear right now is like that he doesn't deserve to be alive. <laughs> oh no. Because. Yeah. Like, why did he come back, and why did Randy die? Why did he take over Randy's life, and there's people who loved Randy, and he has a family. So, but, like, did people, did, did Nate need to take that from him? No. I, I feel like, also for Vicky, she just kind of feels a little more distant from the group, especially ever since Nate came back. Like, she's glad that she brought Nate back, but now she feels like she might not have a place anymore. I'm sorry, Mr. Hunter. Sorry. <laughs> He winces, winces a little. So you know that basic like southern cop acting where he just kind of like yes. moves his lips around a lot, and then he like rubs his nose to cover his mouth, and how it's trembling a little bit. Uh, no, it's 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 fine. <laughs> what do you, you're a kid. What do you know? Uh, I'm I'm here. I'm working on this case. I'm gonna figure out what's going on with it. As he kind of swipes the ledger out of RoboCop's hands. And he, like, taps it on the desk to, like, fine-tune his point. And I want everyone to roll plus dark for me. Eleven. I got a seven. Eight. Eight. As everyone's kind of focused on what's going on right now. Jack, you might have been in this state this past month. Yeah. Might be accustomed to it. And you're not as shocked by it coming over you. This gives you the moment as when Hunter Sr. taps on the desk... Your eyes kind of follow the desk, and you can see there's kind of like a nook and cranny underneath the desk that's caused by, like, the top counter of it. And in this nook and cranny, there are, like, mail slots for the people who stay at Hotel Monte V. And you can see all of them. A few of them are filled with 
male, but there's one specifically that kind of catches your eye. And you read the little label that was made with a label maker under it, and you see that it was addressed to Natalie Babbitt, Melissa's mom, the one who owns Hotel Montevi. I'm gonna, like, put my hand up, like, to almost a gesture to them, and then I'm, like, gonna gonna move in to see if I can see there's nothing in the box at all, or? There is something. There seems to be a little a little letter in her box. And then, okay, I'm gonna say, like, guys, I think I, think I found something. Whatever. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna try and open it. Jack, you realize opening another person's mail is a felony offense, right? But do whatever. Trust me. I think it, it, it it's calling to me. As weird as it sounds. I, I think I'm supposed to open this. You open it, and there's a letter inside and a flash drive. Nice. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Can I read the letter? You read the letter, and in kind of jarring writing, it's a simple note that says, If you won't tell the world, I will. This is not the only copy. Oh, no. (sighs) What does the letter say, Jang? (laughs) Is Mr... Uh, McDaniel's still here? <laughs> nah, after he had tapped the papers, he had left back into, like, the barroom area, which is off to the, the eastern side of Hotel Monte Vista to work on some stuff. It says somebody here was keeping a secret, and they say the proof is on this. And I hold up the thumb drive. I don't know if I can take seeing another horrible thing today, but let's, let's slap it in. <laughs> Does it say who mailed the letter? There's, like, a dash and initials at the bottom that say A.S. A.S., how much you want to bet that that's Ann, Dr. Annie Seagate? Oh, shit. That we just looked up on a computer. Dude, good detective work. Thank oh, you. my gosh. Thank you. That means a lot, actually. I Thank you, actually. <laughs> All right. Feels good. Let's plug it in. Robocop, you okay? <laughs> yeah, let's just let's just do it. It just looks really sad. Yeah, let's just do it. Put it, we'll put it in the flash drive. You see files... Multiple files organized in a very specific way. There's MP4s, there's PDFs, and the first folder you open up, you see one file that's an FMV, and it says Happy. That's the title of the file. Okay, well, we've come this far. Double click it. You open up Happy, and you see home footage. You see not too long ago, maybe a little bit more than a decade. You see a family happily running around Munn's Park. This is like a camcorder thing? Like yeah. yeah. Numbers and shit. It still would have been like late 90s, early 2000s, so like it's getting more digital. But you see the family happily running around, and then at the the video's obviously focusing on this little girl who's playing on the swing set, and as she hops up and lands in the little woodchucks that they use to pad your fall, the camera gets closer and goes, are you... Are you alright, honey? And the little girl looks up and smiles with a really big, you know, missing teeth smile because she's a little kid. And she says, Yeah, that's the end of that video. What the fuck am I- what is this? You back out and you see there's another folder that goes deeper into the flash drive. Do I, rec- <sighs> do I recognize the young girl? Yeah, if you were to put two and two together and you notice that kind of auburn hair and that freckled face and you can tell that it's Melissa. This was Melissa when she was a kid. Really? Oh, Jesus. I really don't want to keep looking through this. <laughs> I opened the PDF. Uh, yeah, Nate will walk away. Nate <laughs> <laughs> will walk away and take a breather as you head into the next folder. There's a PDF 
entitled Accident. You see two Uh certificates of death, one for a Mona Wilson and one for a Gary Wilson. Cause of death was a car accident, died on impact. You continue through the PDF and see a news file of a young couple that was struck by a drunk driver, leaving only one next to kin left, a Melissa Wilson. Oh, what the fuck? That's the end of that PDF. And as you move into the next folder, you see a another PDF marked Orphan. Double click on that, it opens up to a newspaper file from a local Flagstaff affiliate about how a local millionaire has adopted Melissa Wilson. Local millionaire? As you see, Natalie Babbitt, the owner of Hotel Monte V, has adopted Melissa. You click out of that folder into the next one, and it's Anguish is the next file. It's a video as you open it, and it's a birthday party. Melissa's not much older than she was in that first video, but as you're watching it, you kind of understand how Melissa's feeling. She doesn't seem very receptive to everything. You can see strewn about the table are gifts upon gifts for Melissa, but she doesn't crack one smile. As you can hear, Natalie off camera just go, come on, baby, just please, just give me something. As you watch a kind of dead-eyed Melissa just stare into the camera, and that video ends. And this is this is where Vicky taps out. Nate, Nate's in the background, he's like, says Iris Mold, he's like, okay. So, whoever sent this clip obviously has some kind of issue with the Babbitts, or with Melissa being adopted, but if she didn't have any parents left or alive, then who's, who's sending this? I don't know, but they were trying to blackmail Natalie. There's some kind of information in here about Melissa, but... I mean, all of this, honestly, should be, I don't want to say common knowledge, but not exactly secrets. So I- You continue to the next video, and its file date seems to be a little bit later. As you see, it's a clip of a, a classroom. It seems to be at Flag Middle School. You see a confessional of a couple of kids talking about Melissa. And they're all very kind of clear in each confessional about how kind of rude Melissa was in middle school. How mean she was, kind of, she was a super big bully. And then that's the end of that video. You click out into the next file, and it's a few years later again, and it's a clip of Sanawa High. You guys that go there recognize a few confessionals from other students. And you see a couple students going about, yeah, she was, she's fine. She's just really quiet. She's hard to talk to, you know, she kind of bums me out, really. So what are are these confessionals? What, like, are they filmed, like, like, where are they filmed? Is it just, like, an empty room? They seem to be, like, guerrilla style at the school, but, like, set up in a specific way that someone is asking a question off-camera about Melissa, and they're getting this reaction. There is one video... Oh, no. (laughs) ...actually, where you see the confessional, and you can see both Jack and Vicky in the background, just in the hallway, as you guys kind of look over towards the camera area, and then just kind of ignore it, as probably something's going on, probably a mystery is happening that day. Who is filming this? Is... Is this a teacher? What, why, why, why are they asking me? I'm listening. Why are people answering? This is, this is bizarre, right? 
I don't know. Somebody went around our school to up. try and learn about Melissa or something. Whoever sent this video... You head to another video that's entitled Plead. Obviously, one of the confessionals has ended. The camera flips around to reveal Natalie Babbitt. What? And she says, please, Dr. Kyle, if you can do anything, I just want my baby and I to be closer. Melissa was a patient of this Dr. Kyle? But Natalie's the one who did it in the first place? You see the next video, and it's a stoic-looking man. The flare from the gorilla-style recording for this interview uh, blots out his eyes, even you just look at his glaring glasses. As he goes, I'm so glad I finally have the chance to try out this procedure. Believe that it is the only way to help out the Babbitts and help them rejoin, rekindle that relationship that was lost. I will be able to treat Melissa's reactive attachment disorder, and the whole world will see this. As there's another video, you see a younger-looking blonde woman, kind of a short bob, as she kind of leans into the camera. I don't... I don't think this is the right course of action, I'll be honest with you. I don't think Dr. Kyle, his treatment will work. I mean, I doubt even Melissa has detachment disorder. She's like any other teenager who lost her parents. She's she's struggling to find attachments anywhere. I don't... I personally don't think this is right, but we'll continue our research and find ways to help Melissa. And then you reach one final folder that's called Rebirth. You open up this final video, and you're watching a scene of this act of therapy, quote-unquote. Off-camera, you can make out the voices of Dr. Spencer Kyle, Dr. Annie Seagate, and Natalie Babbitt. Inside the room, you see other quote-unquote therapists around in a circle. You see Melissa walk in, and she's dressed in kind of a whitish gown, almost as if it were her communion. And you can see her glance off camera somewhere, and you can hear Natalie's voice from the other side. It'll be okay, baby. After this, we'll be much, much closer. As Melissa smiles and nods. She heads into the middle of this ring of doctors, where you see them beginning propping up these pillows and blankets to start this first layer. And then Melissa lays on top of them, and then they put a blanket on top of her, and they continue putting pillows in and around her. As Dr. Spencer Kyle begins talking about the rebirthing process, this should re-stimulate the long dormant memories of being birthed within patient Babbitt to, to attempt to give her afterwards the feeling of closeness and attachment with Natalie. Should this work, this will be an absolute breakthrough for my research. And we're about ten minutes into this process, the other therapists are like pushing and prodding the pillows, trying to recreate the movements of contractions through labor. You watch as the video kind of speeds along to the 25-minute mark of them doing this. You hear muffled sounds from underneath the blankets, and it seems like these are cries for helps. As you hear Natalie go, is she is she all right, Doctor? What's what's going on? Doctor Spencer Kyle says, no, 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 she'll be she'll be wonderful, she'll be fine. It's just kind of 
reactivating those memories of birth as you can hear Dr. Seagate chime in. Spencer, you need to stop this now. She's in trouble. She probably can't breathe. Please. As you hear kind of Dr. Kyle launch into this tirade about his research and how this will work. And then the murmuring just kind of slowly dies out and you speed along for the rest of the video. It's an hour in length. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Melissa doesn't make a sound after that last protest. And when they lift up the blankets and pillows, Melissa's been dead for probably 30 minutes already. And that's what we're on this session for today. Oh god. No! Oh, no, fuck you. God. No fucking way. We can't end it there. That's a, fucking, that's a horrible clipping. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Return to Lake Mary. This has been a Monster Hearts actual play by Avery Alder. I have been your MC, Dennis Foray, and with me I have... Headley, I play Robocop slash Hunter McDaniels. Marcus, I play Jack Seymour. Nick, I play Nate Prosper. And Sarah, I play Vicky Frankenstein. You wearing pajamas, bud? Oh shit, fuck yeah, I'm wearing pajamas. Alright. Yo, I'm sure our audience um, will love my... that description. Yeah, okay. So... <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no. No. I'm gonna take this again. <laughs> Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.